Praise the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. What a great time to be living in. Wow. Church's finest hour. Light shines best in the darkness. Revival is here. It's, uh, it's coming down to our church is going to be one of the safest, most awesome places to be in these last days, where the glory of God resides, where the presence of God is strong, where healing overflows. It's so cool to be alive in this time. You know, we look back and we think, oh, it'd be so great to be in King David's time or, or the Apostle Peter or, or in Jesus' time when he was walking the earth. You know, they're all, look, they're all wishing they could be in this time because the grand finale is about to happen. I mean, the end of all things is at hand. We're at the end of the road called life on earth, the way it is now, at least. And we get to be the generation, I believe, that ushers in the, the, the rapture, the, the coming of the Lord. I mean, that's amazing. That's just so awesome to me. Um, I wanted you to do something real quick. Turn to Exodus 34. We got a couple things we're going to do in just a minute here before I get into the rest of my message. But we're going to do things a little different today. Okay, you are here on a real special day. Um, this is a day a little different than a normal Sunday at Faith Heights Church, and I highly encourage everybody here and watching online to just hang in there. Don't just hear a first part of it and think, try to make up in your mind what this is all about. Hear the whole thing because it will bless you supernaturally. If you'll stay with us for this entire service, you'll be so blessed that you're here today. You know us here at Faith Heights Church, we don't like to do anything that's not scriptural. We don't like to do anything that you don't have at least two or three scriptures to back up. Um, we, we believe in quoting the Bible anytime we're saying something that we believe, you know, we should be hearing from the Word. So um, I just want all of you to just, just relax and enjoy what God's going to do today. You're going to see some practical things. You're going to hear some supernatural things, but it's going to be wonderful. It's not just about one thing. It's about all of us today. And so we want you to really get excited about it. So I, I know that, you know, I guess tradition or just religious thinking sometimes clicks in when we talk about certain things like we're going to talk about today. But I want you to look at this and hear from your heart today. There's a natural side to what we're going to be talking about. And then there's a spiritual side to what we're going to be talking about. And whatever frequency you're on is what you're going to hear. I encourage you to get off of this frequency. Get on to this frequency and listen to what God's saying today in your church about what we're going to be talking about. And so we have some news we want to share with you today, and I'll share it later on in the service, concerning um, our payoff project, the building payoff project here at the church. And there's some things we want to share with you and, and give you some stats and give you some figures and give you some vision, a whole lot of vision. Now, I say this in the church a lot, but there's no shortage of vision in our church. If this building was paid off today, we've got project after project after project after project on the stove, so to speak, ready to launch. I mean, outreach projects, things to help the saints more right here at the church, uh, giving, pro we have all kinds of things we're ready to launch, but, you know, the building projects is one of the things we're involved in right now. We're, we're believing for the complete payoff of this facility. Now, just a little background, because uh, we have a couple other people share here in just a minute. Just a little background. Um, this church started in 1987, and so we've been here a while. We started pastoring when we were four years old. No. <laughs> 37, 38, and we're 41 now. No, I'm kidding. We started in our early 20s. Um, 
And we wouldn't have done it if we weren't called. Don't get me wrong. We didn't just have a desire one day and say, hey, Carl, it's good business to start a church. That's how you don't go very far. Um, though there is a major business sense in starting a church, that can't be the reason you're starting a church because you're charismatic and have good business skills. You've got to be called. Because if you ain't called, I'm not sure how long it would last. But at one time, a friend of ours, Claudia Porter, said, John and Carla, because we're going through some tough times in the beginning years, he said, John, the one thing about being called, when you're called, you can't quit. There's just something inside that says I won't be satisfied if I quit what God called me to do. I don't care. I could have a beach. I could have a palm tree. I could have all these airplanes. I'm still not going to be satisfied if I'm not doing what the Lord called me to do. There'll always be something missing, something grace. You're on the vacation, but you're not enjoying it. You got the car, but it's not as cool as you thought. It's just there's, there's always this hunger. And so we realized we better be called, not just, you know, say this is a good idea. Well, the church started back there in 1987. We leased a facility over here in Enterprise Park, over there where Fruitvale Branch Post Office is now, Part B. I think Calvary Chapel meets there now. Um, and then we bought a bar, a nightclub, our first owned building. <laughs> I was driving by North Avenue one time. Carl and I were in the car years ago when it was still a Colorado Social Club. It got shut down by the CBI, Colorado Bureau of Investigation. You know, this thing's not going well in there. Well, this, this, this beautiful old lady, this elderly lady, it was her building. T Tilly, I believe was her name, Tilly. And she owned the building, and she just, it was suds and sounds, then it was images, then it was jugs, then it was Carl Social Club, bar, 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 nightclub, 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 nightclub. Well, <clears throat> we were driving by one day, and I said, you know what, Carla, suds and sounds will make a good church. <laughs> Because, you know, nobody was in. It was just like going to pot. And so she was, okay, all right. So we called the realtor, offered him a ridiculous low, ridiculously low amount because that's where we're at at the time. Had no savings or anything. Very small congregation. And the realtor just said, well, you know, this is probably a waste of time, but I'll present it. I don't know. I think she wanted like 250 for it. At that time, we offered like 100 And he came back and said, uh, <coughs> she'll do it for 125 and I thought, praise God, didn't make any difference to me. We didn't have any money anyway. <laughs> we, we just had vision, you know. We just knew if we walk out and believe God, it'll attract things, right? Strong enough goals are like magnets. They attract good things to you. You know, one thing I learned in the whole goal setting process, because I look back in the years seeing how immature I used to be and how not quite so mature I am today. <laughs> but seriously, you, you need to set goals because of the person it will make out of you to achieve it. And then when you get your goal, the greatest thing is not you got the goal. It's you developed into a person that you thought you couldn't be. It pulled you higher. I like setting goals that force me to be more like Jesus to reach them. Then when I get to that goal, it's not just getting the goal. I'm more like Jesus in the process. That's even better than the goal, natural goal. Well, we got the building, and we got it for $125,000. And I walked in with my board of directors. And Ron, are you here, Ron Felt? Ron's not here? Is Gail here? Gail. Hi, Gail. So Ron Felt, great friends, been with us from the beginning, Gail. Oh, my gosh, Jeremy. <laughs> We knew Jeremy when he was a baby. <laughs> He's not a baby anymore. But um, I remember walking into the building, Gail, me, Carla, Ron, the board of directors, we walked into the building, and it was a dive. 
<laughs> man, it was a dive. It was, there was beer mugs with still beer in them, but like, you know, year old with mold everywhere, They're black, and I mean, you don't want to know what was in the bathrooms on the wallpaper, believe me. We were in there peeling them off with our eyes closed. <laughs> it was not good, layer after layer after layer. And we bought, and, and, I, and, I, and the, the board of directors walks in there with me, and I'm going, do you see it? Do you see it? This is amazing. This could be our church. Because we hadn't bought it. This could be our church. And my board of directors is kind of like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, we could fill in the dance floor. We can get, you know, we get to fill it in with concrete and, and, and the walk-in cooler over here. It could be a great nursery. <laughs> and we did it. The Lord helped us. The money came in and we got the building. It was our first owned building. We remodeled it. We restuckled the outside. All oh, did things on the parking lot, didn't it? Moved our offices next door to Solera Square because it wasn't enough room. We had to expand and we grew. And, and actually, when we had that old building, our entryway was a little small. And so we really couldn't fellowship a whole lot inside the building. That's when we went in the children's room or whatever, stayed in the auditorium. And I remember saying from the pulpit at other church, I said, no, our next church, our, our entryway is going to be as big as this whole church. And it is. <laughs> We've got a really big entryway now. But at the time of our life, we, we believed it was a good thing to go ahead and seek financial help in the area of a loan to purchase the building. Now, we had purchased the land, which was a supernatural thing, a whole story in itself. We got it supernaturally wonderful. It was just amazing. All kinds of people wanted it. I found out later. One realtor said, every... Uh, Every uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry wanted it. You know, I think the college wanted it. I think a mall wanted it. Somebody else wanted it. And here, we're just church, you know, a couple of kids, hippie days, you know, smoking pot. We don't do it anymore. But it's, it's been a long time, <laughs> 45 years. But anyway, here we are. We come say, we'd like that land, you know. We heard the scripture, every place to which your foot shall tread, I've given it to you. So we just started walking on this land up here, you know, kind of walking down, doing little videos. And lo and behold, we made an offer, and they said, you can have it for 400000 and, and And we said, okay, we're, we've got the, we'll get the 400000 one way or another. We'll get the 400000 So we sold the building, got some equity, bought the land. But they said, actually, when we said, here, we're ready to pay, they said, well, it's, it's actually 250000 <laughs> So we said... No problem. <laughs> and so we got it for 250,000, 20 acres, and here we are. Lands pay for. We had it on our heart to get a loan for the building, and so we did. Um, 15 years ago, I think, or almost 15 years ago, maybe not quite. But um, we got a loan on the building because that's where we were at in our faith. It's not wrong to borrow because God says we shall lend unto many nations and not borrow. If it was a sin to borrow, then it would be a sin to lend. So it must not be. It's not the best, but it's not sin. Now, it is not real good to be laid on your promises. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Don't think about laid on bills. Think about laid on promises, and it will prompt you to not want to be laid on your bills because that's what it is. Well, um, we're here today with a building. Praise God, 32,000 square feet, about 14 acres of usable land. Uh, we sold two to the Alzheimer unit. They needed the land. We didn't. We sold it to them, gave them a deal on it, and they got it. So well, we got 14 acres of usable land here, and the balance on the entire facility is 1,255,000 as of last presentation to the church. We have another payment coming up in two days, and we'll be able to add principal payment on top of that and make another payment. And we'll show you next week the actual orange square footage on where we're at with that. And the entire project, because one square foot of the 30, uh, we 
estimated 28,000 back then, but I found out later from the assessor's office, it's actually 32,000. But our estimate on the square footage is 28,000, but every square foot is like $85. So when somebody gives an $85 offering toward the building payoff, it goes toward a square foot in the building. And so we're on our way to getting all 28,000 square feet paid off. So that's where we're at right now. So today I thought it'd be really good to, to share with you some things about offerings in this area. Not offerings that you feel you have to do, not offerings that you have questions about. People who want to do something, you're going to hear something today that will maybe give you an opportunity or a vision to be a part of something really, really cool. So, and again, like I said, if you just, this, the Bible is filled with teachings and scriptures about money. You really can't not talk about money if you're going to talk about the full counsel of God because it's from Genesis through Revelation. Jesus talked more about money than you would believe. He constantly taught about faithfulness and, and talents and, and money and, and he, he taught on it in such a godly, heavenly way. And the interesting thing about this is not only are you going to hear things about what's happening here at the church, you're going to hear things to help you. I realized after I first got saved, I realized that prosperity was not evil. Matter of fact, I got to thinking if I'm a giver, then not believing in prosperity would be selfish if I'm a giver. And so I realized God's not opposed to any of his kids being wealthy. He's opposed to his kids being covetous. That's what he's opposed to. He's not opposed to you being wealthy. He's opposed to you being... He loves his kids. He cares about it. He actually calls the things of this world's goods. You know, good, goods, not bads, goods. It, it's good to have a warm coat. It's good to have a nice house. It's good that your kids get a good start in life. That's good. Well, I don't want any of this world's goods. You'd think they would have thought it meant, I don't want any of this world's bads. The Bible calls the world's goods, goods. Nothing wrong. Now, now, see, some people say, well, pastor, but prosperity will ruin people. No, it doesn't say that. The Bible says prosperity ruins fools. I don't believe any of us are fools. I believe we have a heart to put God first. I believe we have a heart to do good things for people that are hurting. I believe we have a heart to lift burdens and help people get through life. Have more than enough so that we have our needs taken care of and we can help other people. And this church right here, Faith Heights Church, is of the Lord. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't of God. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to waste 30 years of my life if this is just a man thing. I believe God's in it. We've seen his presence. We've seen his glory. We've seen his help time and time again. We've seen people delivered. We've seen people set free, healed. And we're just glad to be a part of it. And so I just encourage you, just, just hang in there. It won't go super long today. We've got a video on a show, about a two-minute video. We've got some people going to speak right now. So, Kurt, if you would come up at this time. This is our friend, Kurt. And we have the microphone over here. We've, we've been friends for a while now. I don't know exactly when we met, brother, but we sure love you and Elizabeth. Elizabeth, raise your hand. That's his better half over there. So, Kurt, we just, I wanted Kurt to share a little bit today. I learned how to do that yeah, after 30 better years. better half indeed right over there. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. This is Kurt, and we love these guys greatly. And I'm going to share some things after Kurt and after Dan and after Elizabeth share a little bit. But I know he's got something on his heart. And uh, those are the most wild notes I've ever seen. Yes, well. Um, <laughs> Actually, it looks kind of like mine. Actually, I, I do the color stuff, though, on the, 
on the uh, Word program, not with Brilliant minds think alike, minds right? Think alike. Uh, share well, your heart, brother. You know, the Lord had, in preparing for this, the Lord had me uh, want to share with you a bunch of stuff, probably take an hour, but Pastor John said, uh, got to keep it five or six minutes. So I'm just going to stick to the amazing, miraculous stuff. Uh, by the way, um, Elizabeth and I travel a lot, and we, when we travel, we stop in many churches. And I got to tell you, the praise and worship team here is as good as it gets, okay? It is really a blessing. They're they're amazing. So, you know, and these churches, all they're interested in is, is your money, right? That's all they care about? No. That's all Walmart is interested in, or Amazon, or Apple, or Netflix, okay? And the difference is they want your money for you, their profit. God wants your money for your profit. I, I know it doesn't make any sense. You know, spending money at those stores, outlets, answering those, you know, responding to those email offers, that's short term. That gets you nothing in the long run. That's gone by the time you walk out of the restaurant or, you know, your, your Netflix movie is over. As John said, oh, you know, oh, it's always so weird when they talk about money in church. Well, then you better not read the Bible. You especially better not read the four Gospels because Jesus is very specific about what he wants you to do with your money. And a church that's not teaching you about tithes and offerings is missing out on the most important part of the Bible that can really bless you in many ways. Um, I'm here to tell you that tithes and offerings do work as I've seen it firsthand. You know, you, you want proof? Um, well, prove you're going to heaven. You can't prove it. But I can prove that my giving of tithes and offerings has blessed me abundantly in incredible ways. You know, believe me, if I said I had a Ford truck sitting in my garage at home or I've been to Italy, you'd believe me, right? Well, then believe me when I tell you, this stuff really does happen. It really does work. You know, it, it doesn't make sense how giving money to God can get you more money and prosperity, but neither does God becoming a man, coming to earth, dying on a cross, get you into heaven, too. You can't think of this stuff with a logical mind. There's a big difference between tithes and offerings, okay? Tithes are supposed to be automatic, the first 10% off your income. That means before you download that Netflix movie or go to a restaurant or buy that little thing, you should be spending the money on the tithe first. And that's part of the proof God says in Malachi. He says, prove me on this. I will open up the storehouses of heaven. And I've seen that happen. When I became a Christian, I couldn't pay $40 rent a month, okay? And Fortunately, God blessed me, and I learned about tithing within the first year of becoming a Christian. And since then, I've never had to think about money. I give 10% off the top before everything else, your gross income. But since then, I've never had to worry about money. I'm nobody special, okay? That's what God says in his word. He promises that. You know, you can't wait till you have the money up front to give the 10%. You've got to do it now. You've got to invest first for the return. That's all, that's all there is to it. So it's the first fruits that grows off the top. You know, it blessed me in my business, blessed us in our personal lives. It was pretty amazing. However, the real blessings comes with offering, right? Tithe is just gets you into the front door, but the offerings get you into the inner, you know, CEO, board of directors offices. It's really stunning. And it's not just... With the offerings, it's not just the financial prosperity. Ties covers that. The offerings is incredible financial prosperity, but also the things that God does for you. He, the revelations he'll give you, the insights, the opportunities, the people you'll get to meet, and the things you'll get to do. Some of it is directly financial. Some of it, such as 
Uh, Elizabeth and I bought a very expensive automobile a, a few years ago, and it, this is they had a one-year waiting list, and dealers were given given above cost for it. Okay, got above retail. We got the car, the vehicle right away at dealer cost. Okay, that's first the blessing of God, right? So we're paying a lot less and not waiting like everybody else is. It had a defect from the factory. Within a week. The factory bought the car back, which some dealers told me never happens. And they paid us about 10% more, thousands of dollars more than we paid for it. And I said to the factory, wait a minute, we don't, you can't give us this much money, right? Because part of being a good steward is, you know, being honest. The factory said, no, by state law, we have to pay you this much. That's, you know, that's part of the prosperity that comes with offerings. I, another example, I would had my eye on something rather expensive for several years, but being a good steward, I wasn't going to buy it. And then just in December, this same item, okay, manufacturer cannot keep up with demand, okay? People are, go all around the country looking for this. Fell into my lap at 30% off, okay? So sometimes, I mean, and this is something, it's, it's incredible. That is the blessing of God. It's not just the finances that get, get added into you, but it's also the opportunities that present themselves to you. The, the, the people, since we've been offering, you know, over and above our tithe, the people we've had to meet and the things God has taken us to, I wouldn't have believed it, okay? So I'm telling you right now, you won't believe it either. It's, it's, it's just amazing. Um, so part of offering is a sacrifice. Sacrifice might mean you know, look, you, you sacrifice eating that extra donut for your health, right? Or you sacrifice watching the football game with people with your family. Well, part of this offering can be sacrificing that house remodel or the new RV or the new vacation so you can offer the money to God. But you get it back far more. You'll get that stuff in the long run and even better. It, it really, like I said, it, 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 you know, if I told you I was born in Washington, D.C., you believe me, well, this sacrificing now for the longer term greater increase is so much more worth it. Um, remember, you know, the Bible is uh, sacrifice and prosperity. There's two things to go together, but it's being a good steward, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you and trusting, understanding where this all comes from. Okay, right about now, I'm guessing Satan is saying to all you guys, oh, don't believe that guy up on the stage. Oh, that doesn't work. He's just saying that, you know, he's just doing a favor to John and Carla. Not true. I'm doing it because I want to see you guys blessed. <clears throat> something interesting in preparing for this, God revealed something really interesting to me. In uh, Matthew 6, verses 20 and 21, Jesus said, Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Okay? Well, what is the contrary to that? You could get to heaven. If you don't store up yourselves, you could get to heaven and not have that much, right? Think about it. Jesus said, store up in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, thieves do not break in and steal. Well, people go, well, he's talking about spiritual treasures. No, spiritual treasures can't be destroyed by moth or rust or people break in and steal. He's talking about real things when we get to heaven. Remember, heaven's a real place. At the end of the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ, a new heaven and a new earth is created. We're going to be living in that. It's a real place, walls of diamond, streets of gold. Same thing with the treasures Jesus is telling you to store up now. Look, if I told you you could buy Bitcoin at the price five years ago or Tesla at the price five years ago right today, you would do it in a heartbeat because you'd get at least probably a 100% return 
on that Bitcoin or Tesla if you bought it today. Well, I'm telling you the same thing. You invest in the offering, your return, as Jesus says, is going to be the 30, 60, 100, 1,000 fold, far more than you can, can imagine. You say, well, you know, my service is, I, I'm called more to service than being money. What is, you know, what is one life worth? Elizabeth and I had the privilege of staying at the guest house of a minister that probably 90% of you know. He's worldwide ministry, very well known, been around for a long time, faith and grace. It was just Elizabeth and I, again, that's the prosperity thing, being in the presence of these incredible leaders and a few other guests at his house. And he said to us, the offerings are no different to God than him or you going out and preaching in the streets or saving lives, or raising the dead, or healing the lame. Absolutely no difference to God with your offering. There's a trick to this, though. Like anything, there's a catch. Catch is you got to do it happily, joyously, and not worry. Believe it's going to happen, okay? Satan's going to tell you, oh, you know, don't, you know you're going to leave here today, and Satan's going to start creeping in. Well, maybe, you know, that's not going to work. Don't, see, you know, get behind me, Satan, all right? Resist him. He'll flee from you because it really does work. I'm here to tell you it's happened in our lives over and over. And the good news is it gets easier after that first offering and a lot more fun because you th see things happen and then you really want to do it. God bless you all. Thank you. Good, good, good word. Or sometime because I know he's got a lot more in him. Actually, I want to say this. Daniel, come on forward, brother. I'm going to let Daniel share it this time. Um, I was prompted, I don't know, what was it, guys, about three, maybe four months ago to call some businessmen and women together in what we call our BMW meeting, businessmen and women meeting. And I really believe it was the Lord to do it. And I realized that there's an anointing on businessmen and women just like there's an anointing on me to pastor and preach and teach, there's an anointing on people to, to, in the business area to help God's work be furthered in the earth realm. And these guys came to that meeting, and some other people came to that meeting. We, we couldn't get everybody in the meeting. We'll have more meetings as we, as we go, but we'll open it up to all businessmen and women. But the Lord directed us to do that. And one thing we all came to, to agreement in that meeting is it's time. Amen. It's time for the Lord's house to be completely paid off. And so, Daniel, go ahead and share, brother. Have fun. Okay, I will. Love you. Love you, too. We've known Daniel for how long? 26 years, I think. 26 years. Yeah, I came here in August of 96. Well, it's been great knowing maybe, you guys. Well, maybe this is our 26th year starting, I think. And, Joan, we love you. You guys are awesome. Share your heart, brother. And then we'll let Elizabeth go right after you. Amen. Amen. Well... Uh, I come to you today, really my motivation is to, to help anybody that's in the church that would like to see a breakthrough in their finances. That's really what my motivation is. Um, bottom line is, is this building being paid off will lead souls into the kingdom of God. That's the base, that's the foundation. It should always be the foundation of giving is souls in the kingdom. People that are in this valley that are going to hell right now that won't be. And if you don't think that can happen, we need to adjust our thinking. We need to put on uh, the, the scriptural thinking. So I just want to give you a quick testimony. Like I said, August of 96 is when I came to the church. And the pastor preached that very first message was, we're not failures, we're learners. 
And for me, that was life-saving. It was life-saving. Cool. I was at the point where I wanted to take my life at that point because I was so depressed. I had been a pastor for eight years, and I came to the church after having uh, a spouse have an affair twice, get pregnant, leave me while I was a pastor. And no, no boo-hoo story. I'm not, that's not at all the point of the story. The point of the story is I came here in dire need. And subsequent then divorce. So when I came to the church at the beginning, I had just been freshly divorced, uh, trying to see my kids. I was completely broke. I mean nothing because all I knew was ministry. That's all I did. And so then how do I get out of this hole? I, had a, I traded with my ex-spouse Spouse, uh, children rights for all the money the debt that we had. So in other words, I said to her, I don't care what we do financially. I'll take all the debt, but I want to see my kids every weekend. And, uh, and so it worked. Uh, I was able to see them every week until they went off to college. But I came here absolutely broke. And I came here as a pastor. I, had, I knew about tithing. I had tithed for years and years and years. And I just didn't get a breakthrough. And uh, I was renting. Anybody here know Malcolm Mitchell that yes, used to be a absolutely. part of the church? Absolutely. I, I rented uh, the, him and Gary Morris. I rented their couch for $50 a month. And I needed to be out in the morning. I could just sleep there. And then I had to hit the road. And all I knew throughout all the years I'd been pastoring, I was good at computers. So what did I do? I just said, okay, I'm going to go door to door in Grand Junction. Can I work on your computer? And, and I just went after it, okay? And I still, after months of being here and hearing the prosperity message, it was not happening for me. And I was so angry and so frustrated. And from the 28 and a half road uh, address that where we lived, um, I took off in the morning like I did, like I always did. And that morning, there's something wrong with my car. And that was just one more thing. And I was just like, Blast it. You know, I'm, I'm so frustrated. I don't know what I'm going to do here because I, I, I literally, this is not a feel-bad story. This is awesome what God has done. All those years early on, I ate Bisquick for pancakes in the morning, pancakes in the evening, and I had peanut butter and jelly every day at lunch so that I could buy hamburgers for my boys on the weekends when they came down. And that's no joke, and that's no exaggeration. That's exactly what happened for years. And I ate, you know, horribly. But, man, I tell you, there was a day when I came out, like I said, and came down to the car, really wouldn't run. I needed to go to the office and work on stuff. And uh, I just said, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to walk. That's it. I'm just going to walk. And so I'm walking, and I'm crying, and I'm mad. And I'm just saying, God, I've, I've had it here. I have tithed. Since 1987, I've tied. So at that point, I'd already tied over 10 years. I've tied, I've tied, I've done everything. I don't know what else to do. So what is it that you want from me till I can have a breakthrough? You, your word says that you're no respecter of persons, and yet I see other people in the church thriving, and I'm still struggling. I don't get it. And so as I was walking to the office, it began to rain. And so if you don't think that that was like, uh, you know... Serendipitous, right? <laughs> Write that in your journal. Uh, it was not very much fun, and I began to cry harder, and I got more angry. And then all of a sudden, out of my depths, I only thing I can describe it is like what you see in Psalms when David is yelling at God. 
You may, you may think he wasn't yelling at God. Oh, yeah, he was yelling at God. What he didn't realize, it was his own ignorance that was causing the issue. And that's the same with me. So I'm crying out to God. I'm yelling at God. I, I've given, and I'm telling you right now, i got to see a difference this week. And all of a sudden, this, this boldness came upon me. And I began praying in the Spirit and crying out things and declaring things in my business. And all of a sudden, this breakthrough happened. And at the moment, yeah, I felt a little bit better, but really I was still in the place of I still have to walk all the way to the office, and then when I'm done, I've got to walk home. And it was night. So all this to say, I, re- I learned that day what breakthrough meant. Now, it took, it's taken from that time to this, it's taken a lot more breakthroughs before to get to where I'm at, right? And I, don't, don't get me wrong, I haven't arrived in any way, shape, or form. All right, but I'm, I'm better off than I was when I started 20 years ago, okay? 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And so there's a scripture that, um, when John the Baptist is asking Jesus, the people are asking Jesus about John the Baptist, and he, he quotes something that says, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And so that went off in me like a bomb, and I realized there were some things in the kingdom, in this world, that I wasn't taking, and I mean it taking, okay? So what I want to share with you briefly is just that, think about it this way. Some people don't go out and grab, and now listen, I'm not talking about going to stealing and doing something outside of love. This is all within the will of God. Reaping is a very active word, all right? So we have sowing and reaping. And again, as Kurt alluded to, we tithe. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, except for you need to do that before you do this. You tie. That's 10% of your income, period. Then if you want to get out of a hole, you give sacrificially. And as you do, it's not over. See, I've got it written down here. I I wrote, uh, here are some steps. Seed, time, and harvest. Okay, everybody know that? That's a biblical reference. There's seed, time, and harvest. Just like corn. You put it in the ground, that's seed, right? Time over time, it grows. And then after it's grown out and has fruit, you reap it in its harvest. I always thought, seed, that's me, I can plant the seed. Uh, Time, that's me, I still, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And then my perception was, all harvest had to do with God, had nothing to do with me. And I don't know whether it was the Assembly of God teaching, no no offense to anybody, Assembly of God, it's, it's just where I came up. I don't know if it was something I caught there, I don't know where I got it, but I felt like there was nothing for me to do in the harvest realm. None. I was just waiting, waiting, waiting. I'd probably still be on that couch if I stayed waiting, right? And I just want to encourage you that if you're in a position where you need a breakthrough, trust God, get our hearts right, repent for all that we know to repent for, push an offering in. Tithe first, push an offering forward, and, and then when the time comes, learn to be a good receiver. And that's one of the main things that has changed in my life over the years. Somebody comes to me and says, hey, I've got this for you. In the past, I would say, no, 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 I want to be a humble servant. So I would refuse gifts. I would refuse receiving from God, receiving from anybody. And that's a pride issue, and I had to repent for it. Because if you're going to be involved in harvest, you have to know how to be a good receiver. and And then you turn it back around and turn it back into seed and harvest. Okay? So... The act that happened here, let me give you a little bit of an understanding of how bleak it was. I had this written down in my journal. 
from August of 96 through December, walking around trying to sell people on computer help, I earned $1,400. Not a month, but $1,400 from August through December, and that's what I lived on for all those months. And so it was tough. And so then the Lord says, so what's $1,400 to you today? You know, our giving is more than that in a month. And that's not bragging on me at all. That's it. Make sure you don't get this twisted. I'm not here to talk about me at all. I don't need to. I'm here to talk about what God has done for me as we give and sacrificially have given. I delight. You know, our goal for giving is way more than what I made in a year, the first number of years I was in business. And so, and God has met that, and we keep exceeding that. And it takes a vision of what the will of God is. Okay? Here, let me, let me draw this out. It's really obvious. What's the will of the devil for you in regards to finances? Is it clear to you? I'm, I'm being totally serious. I'm not trying to joke. Thank you. Steal, kill, and destroy. So... What is the will of this fallen world we're, we're in towards you and your finances? So the world's per- perspective is can't get all you can and can all you get. And that is not sharing and that's not giving to anybody else, right? And then what is the will of your unregenerate mind? Now, is there anybody in here that has an unregenerate mind? Well, sadly enough, you need to be raising your hand. Because guess what? That's the last part of us. Our spirit, we are completely made new. And only when we read the word and do what it says are we transformed, Romans 12, by the renewing of our mind. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that even on the inside of your own self, in your, in your mind, sometimes you will sabotage your own self because you're not fully convinced of the scriptures. So the will of the devil is your, your, your broke will of this fallen world is that you don't get your share. The will of your own mind could be, I'm not worthy, and God, God can't really get stuff to me. So it takes a breakthrough to get to where God wants you to be. So if those are the will of, God, will of the devil and the will of your flesh and the unregenerate world around us, then what is God's will? And if we don't see this, and we don't have this revelation, we will not break through. If you're not firmly convinced, anybody know the F.F. Bosworth quote I'm going to quote right now? Faith begins. Who who said it? Yeah. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know that it's the will of God for you to prosper, you will not prosper. You may impart, but you will not walk out what it is that God wants you to walk out. So that's really what I have to share with you this morning is just uh, money with a mission. For me, I'm not worried about what I can. I wanna, I'll, I'll be bold about it. I'll tell you where I'm, my goal is really to live on nine, uh, 10% and give away 90. That's my specific goal. And bless God, we're on our way there, you know. And the, the cool thing about it is it can be like a snowball going downhill. The more that you invest and the more you, but you've got to learn how to reap. And so I, I would like to encourage everybody here, dig in, learn how to reap, learn how to harvest. And I believe the church is going to have some teachings in those areas. And I'd be glad to help anybody in business to help towards that end. So God bless you.
breakthrough today. So what, what is your action step today? To sow something that you've uncomfortable doing so. Let me just tell you, from 96 until now, the times that I gave, and I mean I thought, oh, Lord, as I walk out the building, Lord, if you don't come through, there's, uh, we're going to be shy in the pantry, right? And it's okay, because guess what? Every single time, not, not most of the time, every single time, God came through. Bless you. Good, good, good. Um, Elizabeth, are you ready? Yes. Come on forward. Elizabeth had something on her heart she wanted to share. She gave me a taste of it earlier, and it's really good. So you just pour your heart out. This is your family. Tell them what you got on your heart. Okay. Enjoy. Right. So Kurt came at this approach to totally differently than I did, which is why we're such a good blend and a good pair at home, except when we're not, but that's another story. <laughs> but he, he is my spiritual advisor at home. He's so rooted in his faith and his strength, and it's been such a blessing to have that, to, that, that comes in. He's my good soil. And so when I first became a Christian, thanks to Kurt, is that a little better? When I first became a Christian, I, I was not poor, but I wasn't Steve Jobs, but I had a very difficult time giving. And I don't know why, but I, well, I do know why. I thought, well, you know, I've got a car payment, a mortgage. What if something happens? All the same concerns that we all have. And yet I, I could have given more, but something held me back. But thankfully, the Holy Spirit dropped it into my spirit to, to you know, look at myself and say, hmm, what's up with that? And I realized that I had faith, but I had faith in the wrong things. I had faith in the world. I had a, a man-made worldview, not a biblical worldview. And that was evidenced by the fact when I walked in the house and I flipped on my light switch, I didn't ponder Oh, the wire's still connected. Is the national, national grid still up? Is there juice? Am I going to get lights? I knew I was going to get lights. Uh, every other Friday when I came with my paycheck, I knew the money was in the bank. I didn't call and say, is the money in the bank? I didn't fret. I knew it was there. And yet, I didn't trust my creator. I didn't have faith in God, and I didn't have faith in God's word because I didn't understand, and because I didn't understand, I was operating from lack. And it, it just bothered me, because I knew I was not at peace. I wasn't stressed, but I wasn't at peace. So I changed my thinking. On purpose, I changed my thinking. I deliberately did something. You know, little kids, Johnny did that on purpose. On purpose is a good thing. I changed my thinking. And I changed it from my worldview to my biblical worldview. And I have to look at this. Thank you. Daniel mentioned a scripture that was in my heart and is in my heart a lot. Every time I feel myself needing some correction, Paul, in his letter to the Romans, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Oh, don't you hate the iPhone? You touched the wrong button, and now I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Basically, don't run with the crowd just because everyone else runs with the crowd. Know what God wants for you, and God wants us to prosper in every manner of our life. He doesn't want us poor. Nowhere in the Bible does he say, 
Oh, Elizabeth, you're going to be driving around an 80 Tercel, and that's going to be your car. God wants us to prosper. Those are his words. They're in red. So change my thinking. And when I changed my thinking, I had a change in action based on a biblical worldview, looking up at God, not looking at the world, because the world will fail you at every opportunity. Satan is the enemy. He rules the world. He does not rule the kingdom of heaven. And so this leap of faith that I took, just like Kurt said, um, you know, I tell you, I bought this skirt at an apartment store on sale. You'd believe me. Believe me when I tell you the leap of faith that I took, that Kurt took, that Daniel took, and all of us have taken. You can take, oh, excuse me, you can take, and just like, oh, I'm going to give another $5. That was the old Elizabeth. I threw it in the basket, and you had to pry it out of my hands. Give and give and give. And the feeling that you get when you give something like that to your creator that will bless you now and tomorrow is like no other peace. And so just go ahead and take that leap. Thank you. Test, test. Hey, I just got to add something. We're nobody special, okay? And God has just, we followed his words. It can do for you too what it's done for us. Absolutely. You know, the key to all blessings is a thankful heart. Here, I asked God one time, I thank him all the time for our, our blessings, but I asked him once, why me, Father? Because I'm nobody special. And you know what he said? He said, because you try. So try this. Try tithing and try a grand offering. Awesome. Thank you, sir. All right. So just, just think about this now. I'm going to show you a couple of scriptures. Think about this. We're not sure what's going to happen in the world. But we're 100% sure what happens if we operate in God's kingdom laws. Here's the way I got it. You ready? The economy of sowing and reaping never crashes. I don't know what's going to happen in the world, good or bad, but I know this for sure. The economy of sowing and reaping never crashes. You guys hearing this? And, and you need to understand it's not sowing and waiting. Most people sow and they wait for something spectacular to happen. No, there's actually more effort involved in reaping than sowing. Did you know one of the reasons we have natural jobs and we work and earn? See, working and earning isn't sowing and reaping. Working and earning has a lot to do with now being able to operate in the laws of sowing and reaping because you have seed. The Bible says, he that, he that stole, let him steal no more, that he may work with his hands, that he may have to give. So really, we're working not for a living. We're working for a giving because the law of sowing and reaping never... Cra and here's the most interesting thing about it. Anybody can be wealthy because anybody can sow and reap. This does not have to do with your neighbors or your boss who didn't treat you right. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Are you hearing me here? Now, God's not mocked means this works. Are you following me? And so let me, can I just show you a couple of scriptures? Do you want to stand up for like 10 seconds? 
You want to stand up for 10 seconds? Just turn around to the person next to you and say hi, and it's going to get even better. Just say everything's going to be cool. I've got some really good news to share with you guys here in just a minute, so adjust what you need to adjust, and <laughs> Jesse says, go ahead and be seated if you're done, and we'll, I'm going to share some things with you in the next few minutes that I think will really excite you. So if you would, just quickly turn to 2 Corinthians 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is New Testament scripture. This is Paul the apostle talking to the church worldwide. Now he's addressing the church at Corinth, but there are believers there, there's believers here. So he could be addressing the church at Grand Junction as well. So 2 Corinthians 9, look at verse 1. And if you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screen. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, said this, as touching the ministering to the saints or serving God's people, it's superfluous for me to write into you. How many of you use the word superfluous today? <laughs> Isn't that a great word? Man, it was a superfluous day. <laughs> what? He's basically saying, guys, I really don't need to talk to you about this because you've already learned some of this in your spiritual upbringing and, and, and the things you've been hearing in church. But hey, I'm going to talk about it. He said, concerning ministering to God's people... It's not really necessary that I tell you this because you should already know this. So the whole context of what you're going to read here is ministering to the church, ministering to God's people. And it's not confined to the four walls or denomination. The church is bigger than the building, but we're part of the church. And now look at verse 6. Paul's talking about ministering to God's people. And in verse 6 he says, for this I say. Now who's speaking? Who's really doing the talking here? not a trick question. His name starts with a G. God. <laughs> okay. God's talking here through Paul in his Holy Scripture. He says, this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. So just stop before you read the rest. That's like saying I have a teaspoon of seeds. I'm going to plant a teaspoon of seeds in the ground. What are you going to reap? A harvest conducive with a teaspoon of planting. What if you have a dump truck? You'll reap a harvest conducive to a dump truck load of seed in the ground. All right, now notice, he that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And I don't know why we thought reaping was automatic. After you sow, you maintain an attitude of faith. You talk like it's working. You talk like God didn't lie. I don't care how many clouds come over us. The Bible says if we observe the wind, we won't sow. If we regard the clouds, we won't reap. You don't look, you don't wait for perfect conditions to do this. Matter of fact, one of the best times to do this is when there's not perfect conditions because you have something to say about your conditions. Yes. We're not thermometers, we're thermostats. If we don't like it, we set it different. Yes. All right, now keep looking. Read here. He that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. What's he talking about? What is God the Father pointing to? That he wants us to understand. Sowing and reaping. Amen. You ready for a little farmer's teaching here? Amen. Sowing it. And I believe if we just take this a little more serious, you wouldn't need a bunch of miracles. Amen. In the financial realm. Right. People that think they need miracles really just need to be a little bit more studious in a part of the farmer life. Amen. Now they mentioned some things. Kurt, Elizabeth, Daniel, they all mentioned some things about giving. Here's the thing you need to realize. We're not talking about acts of giving while we're doing our own. We're talking about being a giver. Yes. Yes. 
Now, what is the sowing and reaping he's talking about? He that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. What's the next verse say? Every man, oh, hold on, hold on. I guess when you grow up to the manhood stage, you understand these things more. Now, I think kids should be involved in this. We should be teaching our kids about tithing and giving. It should be a part of their normal life. They should not, it should be totally ridiculous for them to think we never tithe, we never give. All right, now notice, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So it's not important just what we give, it's important how we give. God's huge on heart issues. Listen closely. Good seed going in the good ground with proper conditions must produce a harvest. Listen closely. Good seed is how you give. If you want it to be good seed, it needs to come out of you with joy and faith. Now, now let me pause, pause. We're not going to ask anybody to give anything today. We're sharing vision. If you want to, great. If you don't want to, no problemo. Okay, you need to understand, we're not making a, a necessarily a poll for an offering. We're showing you something that's available to us. I, I look at it kind of like this. We're the bunch of people that get to see God's paid off on our watch. God's house paid off on our watch. That's exciting to me. We decided. We just decided. It's time. We're not going to just wait for a miracle. We're going to do this thing on purpose. With the help of God. With the laws of God. We're open to miracles. Are you kidding me? I'm open to miracles all the time. But we don't have to wait for a miracle to operate in the laws of God and see some things on purpose. We are a great people. We have great power, the Bible says. We need to see ourselves that way. So notice, he that sows sparingly, reap also sparingly. Then it says, every man according as his purposes in his heart, so let him give. So what's he talking about? Previous verse. He's saying sowing is giving. He's saying this works in the financial realm. Are you following me, church? Now, I, I, did, I did a little, little you know, study on, on tomato seeds. It takes about two tomato seeds to reap a plant that has about twenty to 40,000 seeds in it. And that's not if you're, if you're not a real good caretaker. It could go higher than that. It's like a 50-pound plant. You could take two tomato seeds, and that two tomato seeds. I remember the other day I was, we were eating a pomegranate seed, and I think I asked our grandkids, I said, hey, I said, Taja or, or Xander, you guys see that seed right there? There's a tree in there. If, you, if I deal with this thing properly, I could have not just a pomegranate, I could have pomegranates. Zuh. Pomegranate zuh. <laughs> right? This is, a, this is something God established as long as the earth remains. Summer and winter, cold and heat, day and night, and sowing and reaping shall not cease. It's, it's here till the earth. And last I checked, the earth's still here. This ball under our feet, it's we're, we're still here. Sowing and reaping still works. But we thought it just worked with seeds and dirt. No, 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 no. Galatians says, be not deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows... That shall he also reap. This works in the area of kindness. This works in the area of hatred. This works in the area of corn. Whatsoever a man sows. I'm telling you right now how to get out of your problems. You can sow for anything you want. 
And if you'll not faint, if you'll believe God's word's true, kind of maintain that smile, you know, whether you feel like it or not, right? Cloudy or not cloudy, declare Jesus didn't lie. It's being given unto me, whatever I sow that. How many of you are thankful you don't have to reap the bad ones, the bad seeds you sowed? If you believe in Jesus, he reaped it for you, and you don't have to reap what you deserve. Oh, that's good news. But if you want good things coming in your life, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You say, Pastor, don't you hesitate to preach on this? Don't you think people are going to think you're talking about money? I'd be hesitant not to preach on this. You know what? It's so interesting to me that Jesus was watching everybody put money in the offering one day. He was standing right by the bucket. He, and it says he was watching the rich cast in of their abundance. He was watching all the people. He's that, hmm, okay, Joe gave that, okay. He saw exactly what they were giving. He wasn't nervous about it. He was watching people cast into the treasury. Hmm, okay, so-and-so gave that. Pharisee, so-and-so, well, that's a big chunk, but that dude's rich too, man. So he's casting in of his abundance. And then a widow, woman, comes up to the same bucket. He's watching. And this widow pulls out all her living, two mites, throws it into the offer, or sows it, I should, sows it into the offering. And Jesus did not go, honey, church don't need this money. You take that money back. Do you know why he didn't do that? He believed his own teachings. Give, and it'll be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men will give into your life. He believed his own teaching. He saw, and he said, come here, guys. He said, disciples, get over here right now. And they came running. He said, look, look, all the rich cast in of their abundance. This woman cast in of her need. All her living. And Jesus said, and it's recorded in eternal scripture forever, this woman, in God's eyes, gave more than anybody in this offering today. And I got to thinking one day, anybody can be the biggest giver in any offering because it's not about amount. It's about heart and it's about percent. Do you know why he didn't take those two mites out there and give them back to her? Because that was seed in good soil and Jesus believed his own teaching. <laughs> That's amazing. You know where it says don't give out of necessity? He's not talking about don't give out of your need. He's talking about not letting somebody tell you, you need to do this. Come on now, you need to do this. And that's what we're going to say. There's many times you give out of your necessity. I remember the widow woman in the Old Testament. The prophet comes by. It's a famine in the land. They're about ready to eat their kids. People are eating their babies. It's terrible. It's awful. It's famine everywhere. And she said, I got enough meal to make one more cake so me and my son can eat it and then we're going to die. And the prophet comes by one day and says, hey lady, what you doing? She says, I'm gathering some sticks so I can make a fire, cook my last loaf of bread, me and my son going to eat it and we're going to die with some bread in our stomach. And the prophet said, oh, how about you make me a cake first? <laughs> Could you see the evening news? I mean, could you see the news? Preacher forces widow woman, and he wasn't forced. He was asking, takes her loaf of bread, 
She and her son dies. Listen closely. We look at it, men looks at it. That's why I said look at your look at from your mind perspective or your heart perspective. Here's what you see if you look from your heart. God wasn't asking her to give the man of God a cake. God was giving her an opportunity to put him first so God could supernaturally help her out. And you know what happened? A miracle occurred. She used the meal and there was more. She used the meal and there was more. She baked three more loaves and there was more. She baked five more loaves. There was more. She made ten more cakes and there was more. A miracle happened where the meal didn't stop. It kept appearing. It kept supernaturally appearing. Do you realize one of the things a lot of people need in times of famine is an opportunity to put God first? So read the rest of this. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudging the Lord necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Is God interested in talk like we're talking about today? He loves cheerful givers. He loves them. And, and, and I thought this was interesting because the next verse tells us, now listen closely, what God is able to do, not for givers, cheerful givers. How many want to see what God's able to do? In other words, God's able to do things for some people more than others because of certain things those people do or don't do. God's able, didn't say it automatically happens, but he's able to do something. What does he say? Next verse. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. The whole purpose of this whole thing to prosper is so we're able to help people more. Not so life can be more comfortable. It will be, maybe. Not so we can have a bigger this. It will, we may have that. The whole thing is based on we get to help more people. If God can't get it to you, he can't get it through you. And he needs to get it to you because he helps people through other people. Are you following me, church? He, we are vessels to be poured into and to pour out on. The Bible calls us vessels. So one more scripture, and I'm going to share some facts and figures with you. One more scripture in 1 Chronicles 29. I'm actually jazzed. I'm not sure what that word means. I get, it just kind of means excited. Listen, I'm jazzed that we have an opportunity to have to believe what we've been hearing in church. I'm jazzed that we right now in our country, in our world, we have, we have an opportunity to have to believe some things. Kind of like this. What if you had to be healed? Well, then you would, child of God. What if you had to come up in prosperity? Well, then you would. We live at the level we're willing to put up with. Is it all right? Am I doing all Is this, this y'all hearing me here? Sometimes it's okay to be frustrated. Sometimes it's okay to be fed up. Maybe that'll activate the faith that's been in you all along and start taking some things instead of waiting all your life. By faith, reaching out and, and taking what the Lord's provided for you. Did I tell you that this is Celebration Sunday? <laughs> um, so let me show you the scripture in 1 Chronicles 29. Are you there? Say praise the Lord if you're there. 
First Chronicles 29, look at verse 1. All right, they were in a meeting just like we're in a meeting today. It said, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom God alone has chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work, everybody say work. Now, can we stop right there? Work's fun if you love who you're working for. <laughs> can I get a witness? Now, I said to you earlier that this, this is not... Um, when we look at a building, when we see real estate, when we see things like this, it's just a building like any other building unless somebody who's using it is doing something beyond the natural. I wouldn't be here, and I, I mentioned this too already, I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe the Lord was in this church. We, we're not going to waste 30 years of our life. This is not just our job or some career. That, that, that doesn't satisfy but I wanted you to notice it. it said there's a work that they're endeavoring to do. You following me? The work is great for the palace that they were going to build is not for man, but for the Lord God. You listening? The palace is not for man. Palace? What should the Lord's buildings look like? You could look at the pattern of heaven that Moses found for the tabernacle and get some idea. You can look at the building here. Now, I just, I just want to read a little bit more of this because it's, it's pretty strong, it's powerful, but it includes this, this thing that we talked about in our BMW meetings. This is the theme we got. Everybody on board. Everybody. Kids. Talk, what are you talking about, Pastor? Investment time. Are you following me? History-making time. Notice this. In verse 2, David said, Now I have prepared <laughs> I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God. The gold for the things of gold, silver for silver. He goes on and talks about glistening stones, precious stones. And then in verse 3, he says, Moreover, so in other words, it's like he was saying, Out of my, my warrior treasury or my king treasury or my business, moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, now stop right there. It reminds me of a scripture where Jesus was quoted by the disciples. Remember when Jesus walked in the temple, overturned the money changers and all that, and said, listen, you're selling and buying stuff in the church. You're doing all this merchandising. My house should be called a house of prayer. Well, it said the disciples remember. Now, wait a second. That scripture in Psalm 69, and this is what it says in the New Living. It says, Jesus said, my love for your house burns in me like a fire. Not because of the brick and mortar and gold and silver, but because of the business done in that building. Eternal, life-saving, our generation, altar calls, people getting filled with the Spirit, people hearing words that cause people not to want to abuse their spouse anymore, people hearing things that deliver them from lust and addictions, get healed of cancer and problems. It's not the building, it's what's done. It's whose building it is and what's done in it that makes it, whether it has eternal significance involved or not. 
I mean, this is David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the mansions of the wicked. Well, no kidding. He knows the eternal significance connected to that. Now, look at this, guys. It says, of my own proper good. He said, I've set my affection on the house of my God to give gold and silver, which I have given to all the house of my God, over and above all that I've prepared for the holy place. In other words, I'm giving an offering out of my business, and I'm giving an offering out of my personal funds. Now, this is what he says. Even 3,000 talents of gold. Stop. One talent's about 70 pounds. Price of gold today, about $1,200 to $1,500 an ounce. We're talking... Average size swimming pools full of gold, silver, and precious stones that they got fighting battles. The Lord led them to fight in the spoils that they reaped. Multiplied. Now, now guys, David himself gave multiplied billions in one offering. And I was reading, I was coming to church today, praying in the Spirit, thinking about these things, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, tell this to the people. He said... He said, the heart that you're seeing in this chapter, in the people, the heart that you're seeing, is the heart that got him to this chapter. Love for the things of God. God first. I said this a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, you know, a lot of people's problems, a lot of Christians' problems, a lot of, a lot of people's problems, they got problems all that, problems in their mind, problems in their marriage, problems in all this, all these problems because God's a part of their life. Remember I said that? People thought, you, you didn't say that right. I said it exactly right. A lot of people have problems because God is a part of their life. If you want the good life, do not let God be a part of your life. He needs to be your life. If there's time for soccer, that can be a part of your life. If there's time for TV, that can be a part of your life. If you want life to be wonderful, God can't be a part of your life. He needs to be your life. And if you have room for other things, maybe you'll fit it in. But God is the core. He's the center. He's not a part of your life. He is your life. And David, it says he gave 700 talents of silver. We're talking 70-pound chunks. A talent is like 70 pounds. And it wasn't just any gold. It's the gold of Ophir. Okay, now, man, we're not talking. We're talking about clean, pure crystal gold. I mean, he gives, he gives multiplied billions. Then all the leaders get excited. The captains of thousands and captains of hundreds go, man, I want to get in on this. And it said they gave, and they gave willingly, and they rejoiced greatly, and they had a party, and the offering took a whole day. And after they gave all these billions and multiplied billions upon billions upon billions upon billions in one offering, they started saying, we got to give more. So they started sacrificing a thousand cows and then a thousand lambs and a thousand, and they were feasting, and they were partying, and they were praising God because they got to give. Yeah. Yeah. And the heart that you see here is the reason they got here. They, these guys, a lot of them, used to live in a cave. From a cave to palaces to billions to being able to support the work of God and be a blessing and relieve burdens. You see, Jacob, man, he has this dream of God, meets God, and the first thing that comes out of him, I think a million and one things, first thing that comes out of him, he meets God and goes, wow, I'm going to tithe. And that man went from laying his head on a rock 
with a stick in his hand after he decided to tithe. A couple chapters later, he's got two bands, armies. I wonder if there's any connection. You know there's a connection. He commits to tithe, and now he's two armies a few chapters later. Now, just read this here. Look at verse 6. Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and captains of hundreds and the rulers of the kings were offered what? Willingly. Everybody say that word. That's so important. Willingly. Say it again. Willingly. Say it one more time. Willingly. Willingly. And gave for the service of the house of the gold uh, of God gold 5,000 talents of gold talks about all the precious stones. Then verse 9, what did it say, verse 9? Then the people regretted it, mourned and said, oh my gosh, what did we, no, what did it say? It said the people, what? what? What's going on here? Something supernatural. The people, what? They rejoiced for they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord and they but the king also rejoiced with great joy. How did I get down here? <laughs> was I translated? So, I said all that to say this. Great offerings are scriptural. Now, I could think of maybe two to three times, listen closely, in the last 34 years we've had a great offering. So, no, this is not something we're going to preach every week. No, this is not something we're going to do every year. 34 years we've had three. This maybe be our third one today. We felt like this should be Great Offering Sunday. <laughs> and here's a really interesting thing. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, we didn't read all the way down to verse 10. 2 Corinthians 9, it says this, and I say this so everybody can feel the joy of this. God said, the Bible says, God ministers seed to the sower and bread for your food. And multiply your seed sown. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. And then Paul goes on to say about all this giving that's happening in Corinth and all these things that are happening in the Spirit. He says, you know what? It's amazing that the needs of God's people are taken care of. But he says, you know what's even more amazing? People are going to have tears coming down their cheeks going, praise God for the gifts that have been given to help the work of God. One of the greatest things is to, to see people go, praise God. The need being met is wonderful, but to actually be a part of somebody else going, thank you, Jesus. That's amazing. Many thanksgivings to God. And I believe it's time. I, we, we had our meeting with the, with the businessmen. Men and women, it's time. I sense it in my spirit. It's time. My faith has come way up for this building to be paid off very quickly. I already told you the balance of the building is one million two hundred fifty-five thousand. It started about two million three hundred eighty thousand. So we've come a ways. I'll show you next week all the orange that's going to appear up here on the screen, which is really exciting. And um, but we want to tell you a couple of things today. So. Um, I'm going to let you know where we're at today. Can I get a witness? We have given, as a church, 
last year in, in 2020, I believe our, our offerings to other ministries was 87,900, I think, something like that. So the church here as a whole, because the church has a tithe account, we don't preach people do something that we don't do. We're not really telling anybody to do anything, but we're just doing what we preach. So the church has a tithe account. The church has an offering account beyond tithe account, 10%. Our, our personal lives, just, and I don't mind sharing this with the people, we have a tithe account, and we have an offering account at home. The tithe goes to the, the, the church because of the general operations of the church and visitations and everything that you need for staff and all that. We just continue. If we have extra, and we do because we have an offering account. We always are open to projects that the Lord may want us to give to or we just desire to give to, right? Every man as he purposes in his heart, give right. willingly. Whether you hear it from God or you do it because you want to, both are great reasons, especially the hearing from God. And so the church has that. And so we've been able to give out from our church with tithes and offerings, 87,000 and about 900. Might, might even be more than that. Might have been 89, 7. But it was around 87 to 89 last year, just last year. So any of your giving in the church went in that offering as well to other ministries. Keith Moore, Mark Hankins, uh, Feed the Hungry, um, other uh, missionaries in Romania and, and southern Mexico. All right. Uh, so we did, and then this year, we were all stirred up. We had our business men and women meeting. We were all stirred up about paying the church off. And then I thought, January, first Sunday in January, let's talk about the building payoff. Let's get excited. And the Lord said, no, no. Think about somebody else on the first Sunday in January 2021, and he brought up the Todds to us, Jerry and Linda Todd, southern Mexico, way down there. And we thought, let's just receive an offering over and above our regular giving today for them. And they got the check, and they are very, very thankful for the $10,000 we were able to give them just a couple weeks ago. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, they got the gift, and they also praised God. Don't you love being a part of people praising God? Yes. Oh, man. They're, they live there. Their daughter, their son-in-law, they live in Mexico and are doing a great work. And we were able to bless him. Felt like the Lord said, just get your mind off yourselves. Get your mind off Faith Heights Church. Help somebody on the mission field. So we took up an offering. The church had about 5000 Everybody else gave about 5000 We sent them $10,000. They just got it a couple days ago, and they're very, very thankful and they may even be watching right now. We love you guys. If you are watching Micah or uh, Jerry or Linda, we love you. And we'll continue to support as the Lord leads us. Um, so I wanted to say that. And so um, also um, recently, very recently, someone has offered to and already helped with, they're going to make the building payment for one year. Church doesn't have to tap into any of its funds for the monthly payments for one whole year on the building. That's, that's, that's 11,000, approximately 11,400 a month. And it'll go through October of this year because they started a few months ago. So the church doesn't have to be concerned about payment and payoff. All our faith is on payoff right now. All our faith is on payoff right now. So somebody's taking care of that. 11400 approximately dollars every month taken care of. Church doesn't have to think about that. So all we're focused on now is pay off, pay off, pay off. Just yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, as of this morning, we were believing God for a chunk to come in because we've had these meetings with the business, businessmen and women. And uh, so as of this morning, 
a chunk that we haven't even seen yet on the screen that will be reflected uh, next week. We make a building payment about three weeks, uh, three, three days, I'm sorry, the 19th. We make a building payment. And so with just the, the excitement and the stirring up of, the, of some of the businessmen in the church, we have, in addition to our $11,000 a month pay, we have 115000 to go to our principal next week. Glory to God. And then, you know, Carl and I, we've given in the past, we give a $100,000 chunk a while back to our church, our building payoff. We've given throughout the, the, the years, but we're going to give another 5000 So that's 120000 that you're going to be able to send off to the bank in three days or two days. And so we thought it would be a good idea to let anybody else who wants to be involved with this kickoff chunk offering you can have an opportunity to do that. That's why we waited for the offering to the end of the service. We didn't want to take up two offerings. Say we're going to take up our regular tithes and offerings in just a moment. And we're also going to give anybody who wants an opportunity watching online. You can be totally involved with this. You are here. We feel your faith. We've, we, we've received blessings from you already online. And they're going to put up on the screen ways to give. And if you're giving by the website or by text giving, there's an option called building fund. So where it says general, just click that. A little thing will pop down. You can have it all go toward building fund. But at the same time, we're going to be receiving our general tithes and offerings. So whatever you have designated for general tithes and offerings, just give that like normal. Like I said with Carl and I, we tithe to the church without any designation where we want that tithe to go. Reason being is we want the tithe to continue to be steadfast. We want the tithe to continue to be consistent so the operations of the church don't miss a beat. We don't want everybody uh, getting their checks out and crossing out tithe and saying, oh, I want all my tithe to go to building fund. Then, then, then general account could, could suffer. You know what I'm saying? That's where we're at right now. That's just where our faith is right now. We're growing, but we're, we're encouraging. If you have extra and you want to give, you can mark that as building fund. Anybody excited about this besides the pastor? Um, I remember not, not too long ago, Jeremy, you, you shared an offering. It was really, really, really good. And I was going over my notes about it, and, and we, were, we were talking about, uh, he was sharing some things I had shared previously about it, some things that are a little, you know, uh, you don't hear it in every pulpit, but he were talking about something about what if we had to get the building paid off? What if we had to? Here's one thing I want, okay? I, I, I want to have a building debt-free, so no matter what happens to our economy, no matter what happens against the church, they can't take our building. Yes. Did you hear me say our? Yes. They can't take our building. Amen. I don't want to have to go hat in hand anymore yeah. to somebody I don't even know if they're saved or not. Amen. We're thankful for what we got. We're thankful for the favor. We work with great people. They're wonderful. But I think it's time we have our own. I know from personal experience, testimonies we heard today, my own life and other people, that when we put the things of God first, it like opens up this door for our things to be taken care of supernaturally. You know, the, you know the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You can add things to yourself. And usually a lot of baggage comes with that and... Not to satisfy, our God can add things to you. This is an opportunity to put the Lord first. They said in the book of Haggai, God said personally, they said in the book of Haggai, God said, the people say it's not time. It's not time to build the house of the Lord. It's not time. And then the Lord said, y'all need to consider your ways. 
You're sowing much, you're reaping little. You're earning wages to put it in a bag with holes in it. You're not even getting ahead. He said, I'll tell you why. Because this house lies waste. That's right. But you live in your godly, beautiful houses. He was actually helping them greatly. And they received it. And, oh, you talk about the blessings of God coming on their lives. It was amazing. They weren't saying, let's don't do it. They weren't saying, let's don't. They just kept saying, well, it's not time. And God said, well, is it time for you to do all you want to do? In my house, lie waste? This is Haggai, the Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Ever heard of it? Anyway, it's a powerful scripture. It's an amazing truth. And so I just, I like to say, we have an opportunity. And if you want to get in on this investment, you can. I realize that some people might need to take a little time and prepare like David. Right? David said, I prepared with all my might an offering for the house of my God. Gold, silver, and all this. He, he took it serious. You know, if we wait till offering time to decide what we're going to give, I don't know if God's really first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at times like this, things happen during a sermon. Brother Hagen, most of you have heard of Kenneth e. Hagen, great man of God, my father in the faith. He's in heaven now. He said, and he's seen so many healings in his ministry. People delivered from demon forces, healed of cancer, all kinds of people set free. And he, he administered a strong anointing. And he said, he said, there's been times he was receiving offerings for the work of God. He said, the anointing on me to receive that offering was just as strong as the anointing on me in a healing line where people got healed of diseases. God anoints his word, whatever area of word that is. And so I, I just thought it'd be good right now to just maybe just take a second or two if you want to talk to your spouse. If you want to get involved with this offering, we're going to have receive this offering. I'm going to close the service here real quick. But I'm going to have Rachel share a couple things. But we're about ready to receive an offering. And I, I, just, I just pray that nobody feels irky about this because we're not asking anybody to do anything. This is an opportunity. If you don't give, we're still going to love you. We're still going to serve you. God loves you. You're going to have Everything's going to be great if you're born again. But please, don't feel any pressure. But we do want to tell you a couple practical things here about how you can give. And then after Rachel's done sharing that, we just want to give you a minute or two if you want to converse with your spouse about it. Um, we do have little pledge cards, too, that we, we can have and, and have those. Are they in the chairs? Okay. So, Rachel, why don't you come up now and just tell them how they can give and maybe even mention. We even thought the auto pay thing sometimes is really good for building projects. We're going to keep a running total of this regularly, and you'll be able to go to our website and see where we're at with this. Probably homepage. We'll see. But we want to make sure that you all understand that, that this, is, this is, needs to be a joyful thing. Amen. Amen. I was, I was in an offering similar to this in a church. Uh, we, we were tapping into an off, uh, service. And $3 million were raised. One offering. Not a large church. Medium size. Because people know there's some things going on in the earth that are going to last forever. And they're very, very worth investment. And the things that come back are amazing. You want to just share a couple practical yes. things about the offering, and then we can receive the offering. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I haven't seen you guys in a long time. So I've been, um, if anyone's been wondering, I've been in the back. I'm in the media department now and having fun back there with the camera operators and all of that. So, But I'm still here. Um, but a couple of practical things that Pastor asked me to share, which this is actually a great time to share, because at the beginning of the year um, with giving, it's always good for us to kind of refresh ourselves of the ways you can give. And you all know that you can give 
by cash or check and the envelopes are in the back of the chair in front of you. Um, but a really exciting way to give and it's really an amazing opportunity that we have as a church is last year we switched to a new giving platform called PushPay and these people are absolutely amazing at helping churches to um, to help the people give even maybe when you're not here, maybe when you're busy, things like that. And so um, Xander, put the slide on the screen that I gave you earlier this morning. Um, if you've never given online, one of the ways you can do it is you can do it by going to our website, which is www.faithheights.org, or my personal favorite is downloading the app. If you have not downloaded the Faith Heights Church app, you need to do that right now because there is so much stuff on there. The Bible reading plan is on there. Um, our sermon archive is on there. We have music videos on there of the praise team. Lots of good information. Sometimes Pastor and Miss Carla do blogs. That's on there. And so it's a great way for you to stay connected with what's happening at the church. Another feature we have on there is a giving platform. So there is a button on there that says give. And when you click give, something, this was from my phone, so something like this will come up. And you enter in the amount. And then you can see there it says give one time or set up recurring. Now this is something that if you want to give your tithes and offerings, regularly or maybe to this building fund that we're talking about and you want it to just automatically happen whether you're here or not so you don't have to remember hit that recurring button you can set it to happen every week every two weeks every month the first and the 15th monthly and so this is a great way for you if you just want every time you get paid to have 10 bucks go straight to the building fund or more than that. You can set up a amount. This um, giving platform lets you give up to $10,000 in one time. So maybe you want to give more than that. Then you're just going to have to do two. So say you want to give 20000 give 10000 once, give 10000 again. That's just their max to protect themselves, their platform. And so you can set up recurring. It's super easy. You can do this for tithes and offerings, or you can do this for the building fund. So we encourage you guys to do it. Um, some benefits, again, if you're out of town, you won't miss a payment. Um, my husband and I, we have a credit card that does points. So we give our tithe every month off of that credit card and then pay it off because then that gives us the points so that we can travel more. And so whatever works for you, whatever works for your family, but this is an option that I wanted to present to you guys to let you guys know that this is a really easy way and secure way to give. So that is one of the things that we can do. And I just encourage all of you at some point set up an online account, whether you only give once or twice, because another thing that we have coming up is our contribution statements for last year will be going out. And now that we have this new platform, we decided that the number one way we are going to send you guys your contribution statements is via email because it's all in this. So no more standing in line waiting for your paper. And so if you've ever given online, I already have your email because you had to provide it. If you give by cash or check, I would encourage you within the next couple of weeks to write an email on the envelope and that way I can get it entered in. That way in a couple of weeks I can just hit a button one time and you all will get your contribution statements. So it's a really easy way um, to just make things work better for everyone. So we're excited about this. I'm excited about this. And one thing not practical, but spiritual that I wanted to share, you know, sometimes my mom and I, we were talking about this. People want to know what the vision of the church is. You know, what what good reasons do we have to get the building paid off? Well, I've been doing youth ministry off and on for almost 10 years now. And I was just thinking, just sitting there, just a couple things that I can say that the vision of this church has accomplished. And I've had youth come to me who said that they have struggled with being addicted to pornography. I had a girl just sitting on the couch one year tell me she was addicted to sexting. If you don't know what that is, is she was addicted to sending pictures of herself to people because of how it made her feel when they would respond to her. I've had, I was in Disneyland 
one day and I had a girl call me saying that she was contemplating suicide. You know, these are the things that happen and because of this building and the people in this building and the work of the ministry that's happening, we're helping people. We're helping teenagers. Miss Sarah could tell you stories of the children's church. I could tell you so many more stories of youth. Those were just a few that came to me, but you know, we're helping people. And the more we can have people here and the freer the church can be to help the people in this valley that need us. You know, Miss Carla's met with so many people over the years, women who've been abused, children who've been abused. So much happens in this valley and this building is a light. And this building and these people that are in this building, they need Jesus. And so what a great opportunity for us to rally together and to take care of something just so that we can be more free to help people. So we could be more free to help the kids, more free to help the youth. Amen. So I just encourage you guys, be excited and stirred up about what God's doing because he's just revving up. I really believe that he's just revving up and we get an opportunity to help in this area and he's blessed us so much. Let's be a blessing to this valley. Amen. So that was just some of the, some of the practical stuff. Um, Lou, would you come up and just play keys for a second? Is that fine while you have people? So this would be a great opportunity for you guys to just talk about with your spouse. Lou's going to play um, on the keyboard. Just talk to the Holy Spirit right now. Just talk to him if there's something today you want to do. Um, and if you're not ready today, that's okay. We're going to be here next week and the week after and the week after. Um, but I believe this is happening really soon. So just let the Holy Ghost minister to you. Pastor, if you have something. So downloading the app is not the only way you can give today. There's a, actually a much more simple way, and that's texting the number 77977. Uh, they text that number. So basically text Faith Heights. I'm sorry, text the word Faith Heights to the number 77977. That'll set you up almost immediately if you want to give something today and be a part of the kickoff offering that we're going to be receiving right now. <clears throat> I like to give people time to prepare, but I know hearts are stirred like ours have been stirred in meetings like this. So if you'd like to get in on the kickoff offering toward the refreshed building payoff plan, you can do that at this time. And this won't take very long. But, but please look on the screen if you're giving online, the mobile giving, the website giving and then the envelope and cash giving. If you're giving online by cash or check, you can mail that into the address on the screen. There's going to be five buckets up here. Is that correct? We're going to have five white buckets up front. Four. Okay, we're going to have five. In just a minute for the cash and check offerings, for your regular tithes and offerings, and if you have anything for the building offering, you'll be able to do that. This time. I just want to make sure everybody understands that just take a minute or two right now while Lou's playing. If you want to talk to your spouse about something, you can. If you want to get involved in the kickoff offering today, because the more we can put down in principle, the lower that goes down and the better the amortization schedule looks after that, which we'll talk maybe some more about that some other time. And if you want to fill out the pledge card now, it's in the pocket of the chair in front of you. If you'd like to pledge, because this, we're we're, we've, we did a little calculation, Daniel and I did, about if, if people did just a little bit here and there, this thing could be paid off in 24 months. I mean, sooner if there's more chunks that come in, and we'll talk some more about that later, about a section Sunday once, uh, once uh, every six months. And that would fall on, I think, July 18th would be our next build up to our section Sunday where we just pay off a whole section in one day. $85,000, boom, one day. And so if we do that, then we're talking way less than 36 months. 
Y'all following me here? If everybody pledged to give a little bit weekly or a little bit monthly or a lot, weekly and monthly, that's going to take this thing down. But then if we do a chunk offering every six months, like a section Sunday, you know, like $85,000, boom, 1,000 square feet paid for, then it'll be paid off a lot quicker. And this church will be debt-free very, very soon. I don't know. I, 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 you know, I heard a pastor one time stood up in church and said, got good news and I got some bad news about the building payoff. Anybody want to hear the good news? Now, yeah, let's hear the good. He said, we have the money to pay off the building. Let me tell you the not so good news. It's still in our pockets. Well, I know there's enough power and potential and faith in this building to see a miracle in this area. And if you want to give a chunk toward it, great. If you want to chip in, chunk in, whatever you want to do, all of us together, we can get this thing done, get this debt out. There's some things I know the Lord wants me to do in the area of preaching and ministering healing that I can do on a higher level when this thing's taken care of. And I'm just excited about that because there's, there's a high call for divine healing in the earth. And I'm going to be freed up in some areas to do that. And so... It's happening. If you want to take a few moments, talk with your spouse at this time, I'll be quiet. I'll come up in another minute or so here. So just converse if you need to. We'd, we'd pray that if you could all just hang in for another five minutes, even if, you're, even if you're not giving. We'd just love you to be a part of this.
Did you have something, Daniel? Yeah. Come on, come and share it. Um, they, these new mics are interesting right here. You're ready to roll. Okay. One of the things that came to me as we were praying there is one of the things that I've learned over the years. How many of you have been in prayer in the morning, been in your prayer closet, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to write that down. That's what I'm going to do today. And you mm -hmm. walk out of your prayer room, and reality hits, and you're like, wow, was, did I, I'm glad I wrote that down because that sounds crazy now. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying? Ahead. I know what you're talking about. So that, and then you couple that with corporate anointing, what happens here right now. Now, there's something that happens in this environment, in what's going on right now, that your action will it'll make a bigger difference in your life than when you're just walking out day to day. Why, why am I saying that? I'm saying that you've been stirred up today. Hopefully you've been stirred up today. I would really encourage you just to take a pledge. What is the scripture that we've already alluded to about sowing and seed? God gives seed to the sower. How, do, how is a sower de determined? It's determined when somebody in their heart says, I will give when the money's there, right? And I'll give now. I have this. But a pledge is a way of stamping and saying, I am the mm -hmm. sower. That's good. And saying, I will give $500 a month. And then it's just not saying you have to. It's saying that you're pledging to. And what that does is it opens doors in the spirit realm to where you can give 500 if you can't now. So what I'm telling you is pledge cards are not, I'm not trying to weaken this as if it doesn't mean anything because it does. But what I'm saying is if you're not quite there yet and the figure you're getting to put on here seems a little scary, that's fine. Don't, don't be afraid of it. In this anointing, write that amount. And if nothing else, write it and put it in your Bible. Put this in your Bible. But I'd really encourage you to, rather than that, go ahead and give it forth. Because then God has an avenue to work through you at that level That's if good. you make that determination. You know, with the measure that you meet, it shall be measured back to you. Good. Right? Thank you. It's like when you're growing up and your dad says, you go pick the switch, right? That's it. <laughs> Only on the good side. <laughs> oh, gosh. So we get to pick how big the blessing is. That's good. So in this corporate anointing, don't squander what has already happened in your heart. Write it down for yourself and do it. I would, I would encourage you to do a chunk today that you're uncomfortable with, no matter what. No matter where you're at with what you're doing with the pledge, do a chunk today that you're uncomfortable with. It'll help you. And then also pledge. I'm going to just tell it publicly <laughs> what I'm going to do right now. 
This, this is what came to me. This is, hold on one second. This is what came to me. Um, maybe, maybe give in such a way to where you have to stay committed to God for it to work. <laughs> right. No, I, I'm, I totally agree with that. You know, you know what I mean by that? We, it's we've like already done that. Give we've in such a way to where for... I better stay close to God, man. Well, we've done that this morning. Our chunk that we've got right now, we're going to have to see God show up for it to, to pan out. Right? Okay. I'm not talking about dangerous. We'll have food to eat. But it's gonna, it's, we're going to need a miracle, and we're going to have it. We, we're in real estate, so here's a way that I'm doing it. And I'm not doing this so that you know what I'm giving. I'm saying this as a practical thing so you understand what I'm saying. I'm opening the door for God to open for us to sell more real estate, right, as an example. So I'm, I'm going to say we're going to give X amount per closing for every, clo- for every closing this last year, for this next year, excuse me. This last year we, had, we were at the table 28 times. And so even a little bit makes a lot of difference. That's awesome, brother. That's That's awesome. That's cool. I didn't mention this, but since we're going to be receiving great offerings every now and then throughout the year until the building's paid off, um, you know, in the Bible, it says some people had lands and houses, I guess extra, I mean, stuff they really didn't need. They sold it, brought the proceeds to the church, and the distribution was made, and things got taken care of on a high level. And so it's, it's not just, you know, looking at your natural income. You may have, look around your house. You may say, you know what, I, I, got, I got this that I don't need, or I got this land, or I got this over here, or whatever. I mean, it's interesting how much you can start seeing if you really start looking and realize, wait a minute, I could liquidate that. I don't even need that thing. I don't need that. I got three of those, plus God can get me another one anyway if I was to sow it into his work. And sometimes, you know, cutbacks, too. I mean, we were talking about people fasting coffee maybe for a year or two. That, that adds up. Can I get a witness? I mean, there's things you might want to pull back on for a little while. And again, it needs to be in the joy zone. Yes, Kurt, what you got? Do you have the microphone? Right here. Y'all remember Kurt? <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Has anybody ever had God answer a prayer? Absolutely. So there's no reason he won't reward you for offerings. Okay? Same thing. Excellent. Absolutely. I like to say it like this. God can't lie. You need to say that to yourself quite a few times when the devil's trying to tell you, well, he's not that loving. He's not that great of a father. He's not. He he, he said, devil, stop it. You're trying to get me to doubt my father's word. Ain't going to work. He can't lie. It's working. So let's all stand up, guys. Let's worship the Lord. Let's remember that it's not just a building. It's the Lord's house. Father, we're so grateful to be here. Carla, come on forward would you, with our offering, please. This is a holy time. Guys, you can put the buckets up here. Lord, we look to you. We see past the physical church. We see what you're doing. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for the facility you've blessed us with. We thank you for the payoff of this facility. In 2014, we came into agreement, Father God, on the prayer of faith that this building would be paid off quickly. We're not going to give up. Your word is true. We move forward with your help. Satan may have hindered us, but he cannot stop us. We overcome everything by the blood of Jesus, and we thank you, Father, that we're still here. And we worship you today with our tithes and offerings because we love you. We love your work. We love the church. We love the people your church is reaching out to. We want to be a part of this glorious history-making occasion. And if we don't have seed, we believe you'll give seed to the sower. We believe it's happening. There's no such thing as, as no hope. There's, there's just everybody can be involved. And, Father, we thank you 
for the privilege to be the, the ones on watch right now that get to see this thing happen. And we thank you, Father, for the great and glorious things that will transpire after the building is paid up, the things that will stay in motion, that have been in motion, that are good and right. Lord, we love you. Somebody somewhere gave money to the preaching of the gospel is why we're all here today. We either read a Bible that was somebody paid to be printed. We saw a program on TV that somebody paid thousands of dollars to broadcast. Some way, somehow, we're all saved today because somebody invested financially into this work of preaching the gospel. And so, Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be a part. We rejoice now for the great things you have done and will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I would encourage you before your seat, if you have check or cash offerings or your pledge cards and you want them to be brought into the administration, please come forward at this time to the buckets here. I think there's two gray buckets in the back if you don't want to come up front. You can come worship the Lord. Father, we do these things in faith. We believe in what you're doing in the earth, Father. We thank you, thank you, thank you for freedom. And I really heard, I just believe the Spirit of God saying, you know what, get ready for your house to be paid off if it's not. Get ready for your stuff to get paid off. I can't imagine putting God first and things not happening on a higher level back to us. It just doesn't exist. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we worship you this morning with our tithes and offerings, and we say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's happening. Glory to God. Well, I believe we're done at this time. We do have altar ministry workers that are here for you. Oh, please don't leave if you're not saved. Please come forward. Pray the salvation prayer with our altar ministry workers. They'll give you a free Bible. If you need healing or anything else, please come forward at this time, and we'll see you soon.